Hello, listeners. This is Louis Trapani of Doctor Who Podshock. What follows is another live episode of Doctor Who Podshock recorded live on the internet where it's a roundtable review of the third episode of the latest series, uh, the 2007 series, or, quote, series three, end quote. And this is the episode Gridlock that we're reviewing. So if you have not seen this episode yet, you may want to reserve this particular podcast episode of Doctor Who Podshock until you have seen it. Now, once again, we do these recordings every week, the day after the latest episode is transmitted on the BBC. We use um, a service called TalkShoe. If you go to TalkShoe.com, you could listen live as we record. Uh, you could also participate by calling. The phone number to call is, while we're recording that is, it's 724-444-7444. And you, once you do that, you enter the TalkCast ID number for us. It's 23358. And then it will ask you for the PIN number, and that's the pin no- the, the free number that you get when you sign up with TalkShoe. You could just, um, we, there's a live chat that goes on while we record as well. So you could even just participate in the chat if you don't rather, if you rather not call into the show. Uh, you could call in d- via different means. You can use your cell phone, mobile phone, land phone. You can even do it via, you know, through VoIP, you know, and uh, the Gizmo project really lends itself to that. Uh, even Skype as well. So I, I urge everyone to um, get on board and uh, get into the live discussion. We usually record at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Sunday, the day after the new episode. Now, last week there was no new episode because uh, there was um, a little hiatus because of Eurovision. Doctor Who episode um, name 42 was postponed till this week, but we still recorded a live show. We did a mid-season review. And this was uh, last Sunday, May 13th, we did this. And uh, this was also the first time we decided to not do any post-production work on these live shows and just uh, just try to do it as polished as we can live and on the net. And it's going to go out as is. So uh, in the future, we may do that with all our live shows just so we can expedite these recordings because they're held up in post-productions. That's why uh, this review of Gridlock has, has been so delayed and... Uh, we're recording episode 81 this Sunday, and this is episode 76, so um, obviously we're a little bit behind. So if you want to listen to the Roar live episodes, you can go to TalkShoe.com, or there's links on our website at Podshock.net or GallifreyandEmbassy.org. Check it out once again um, every Sunday after the live show, after the we do a live show after the latest episode, and um, there's more information about it on our website so we'd love to have you involved. Call in, participate in the discussion, or just listen live and um, participate in chat, or just listen live and you don't have to participate at all. <laughs> you could be completely passive if you like, but we encourage everyone to participate. Well, without further ado, this is uh, the uh, another live recording of Doctor Who Pachak number 76, Gridlock. Live from the Kitty Cat Club on the edge of New New York, where today's special is a two-for-one on deep-fried macra, but the cocktail sauce costs you extra. It's Doctor Who Podshock. (laughs) 
Post Gallifrey presents Doctor Who Podshock. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Doctor Who Podshock, episode 76. Here we are once again, doing a live version over the net. Our third show, our third podcast in live using TalkShoe, and we encourage everyone to uh, join us as we do these live reviews of each episode. The following Sunday after the BBC transmits a new episode of Doctor Who, we are here talking about it, chatting it up, at uh, typically at 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time in the U.S. So uh, go to TalkShoe.com and you can uh, check out Podchock, Doctor Who Podchock, and the upcoming um, Talk Shoe podcasts, and you can learn more about what we're doing and how to connect and so forth. Or go to our website, uh, thegallifranembassy.org or podchock.net, and then uh, there's a, actually there's a article on the front page, but there's also a thread on um, and which on this topic, which will give you some tutorials on how to use um, how to connect and be a part of this discussion. So joining me. I'm sorry. Oh, I was also going to apologize for the delay in starting because we were trying to get as many people on as possible. Yes, yes. So um, joining me, we have some of our regular contributors here. We have Taras. Hello, Taras. Taras Good day. And Dot Skeptical. Hey, guys. How you doing? And our Canadian correspondent, Mike. Good Mike Duran. And uh, we have some listeners as well. So we're going to um, kind of give our reviews, and then we're going to hand it off to uh, those that are listening in. And if you want to uh, chime in with your comments on this episode, uh, just uh, enter the queue so then we can, um, you know, queue you up appropriately. There should be a button in your upper left uh, corner of your TalkShoe application that will um, enable us to see that you're waiting in queue to talk. Alrighty, so good luck. And it started, we were kind of worried that this episode may not have even gone out last night due to, um, uh, I guess it was football on the BBC. And Manchester now that United pocketed in four goals to let us uh, see it on time. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> For those well, who like was, football. It, it was delayed, but. It's better delayed than, than none at all. We were fearing that uh, we'll be, you know, talking about something else in today's um, live podcast. So uh, it's good that it went out. So we're going to go around. I guess I'll give you just my initial take, and I'll, I guess I can talk more about it as, as we go around. But uh, this is one of those episodes where I was watching, and initially um, it, I, I had different expectations for. So I think it was a, a case of having, seeing the previews, I kind of had built up. Uh, a, a different um, vision of what the story was going to be and how it was going to play out. And it was compl- it was really a lot different than I was expecting, uh, which is sometimes good and sometimes bad. And But the, fir- the, the first half of it was just uh, getting across the plausibility of it all. And then I think the second half, or, or at least the, the, the last third of it, kind of ties it all up. And um, where at first I thought I had a weak foundation, I think... It, the end of the episode kind of slips the foundation under you and kind of gives some strength to everything that you saw preceding it. So, um, but I won't, I'll talk more about it later and I'll give you my uh, TARDIS grown rating. 
So I guess I'm um, just going down the list here. Uh, Taras, what do, what do you think of Gridlock? At, at first, I thought that this was like the bottle episode between the night shoots at the Globe, which are always expensive, and the two-parter to come. But when you take a look at it, yeah, they didn't spend as much probably on the physical sets, but this was a well-thought-out story, and it was a very solid story, especially once we got the revelations of what set up uh, the, uh, the gridlock to begin with. And it was interesting uh, the way they brought back an old uh, monster from the, uh, the Troughton era in uh, a way where you didn't need to know anything about who they were because they were just background to this story and really didn't have much effect on it. Like, we don't know whether they had any other thing to do other than just being there. So I think it was just a nod to that missing story, the Macra Terror. And uh, there were two kind of major pillars in this story, and that was uh, drugs and traffic. And it was pretty interesting how the uh, the two uh, ideas were brought together into into this story. Mm-hmm. Doth, what was your take? Well, in addition to the two plot pillars that uh, Taras is talking about, I think you also have thematic pillars of um, loss and hope. And it's interesting how those two things are sort of working in the background thematically in the same way that the plot elements are working uh, in the foreground. And I, I really very much love this episode and the way that all these balls are kept up in the air. Mm-hmm. Mike? Um, I think it was a lot of fun. I liked, uh, I think it's a fun idea. Uh, you know, I'm I'm one of those people that uh, goes along with uh, not really thinking that Doctor Who is science fiction or not, not big idea science fiction where the, the plot depends on the premise so much. And, and I think that uh, they have a fun premise here, but it's one that if, if you look too deeply, it really is implausible and ludicrous, but that, that in no way affected my enjoyment of the episode. I think they took the idea of this massive traffic jam, uh, put in all the stuff that uh, Darth and Tras have already said, and, uh, and just ran with the idea. Uh, so I had a lot of fun watching it. It's the kind of episode that I think that if, uh, I think that on repeated viewings, there are things the, the, the those those themes of loss and hope will come to the forefront more, and mm-hmm. plot itself is going to look thinner and thinner each time I watch it. Uh, but on a first viewing, giving it a first impression, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the episode last night. And I've not been a huge fan of the year five billion episodes previously, <laughs> but this was way more entertaining than New Earth was last year. And uh, yeah, I had a really good time watching it. Yeah, I, I say that was my issue initially watching it was just trying to buy the concept that all these people are stranded in their cars and just going, you know, sort of like, um, you know, just traveling without question and, and regard of how long it takes to get there. And it just like, why don't you just, you know, park the car and walk, it'll be faster than, you know, taking, you know, 60 years to go five miles or whatever it was. And it just seemed a bit silly until you as you learn more and more as the episode proceeds, you, you realize that everything's on an automatic um, process and um, it, it doesn't seem like they have much of a choice then to be stuck in their cars and the, the air outside isn't breathable. And um, I mean, there, there's still some, you know, 
obviously they were the, the kidnappers were able to um, get a third person to get on board, and so there there must be. I, I guess there are off ramps and all that, and um, but the the motorway itself is. Um, was a, a difficult concept at first to swallow until you saw more of the episode and um, and I guess I was able to appreciate it more and, and that was less of a bothersome for me or less of a hurdle to get over and then I was able to enjoy the whole story as a whole more. It is it is Doctor Who and I think that shines through that uh, in the end the the perhaps the allegory and the characterization uh, end up being far more important than the actual sci-fi idea behind the plot. Yeah, that's very Doctor Who for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the, the mess, the the story, as we previously said, was um, littered with messages. And <laughs> when I just thought littered, I, I I thought of a cat litter, at, <laughs> but that wasn't my intent. But uh, yeah, there's. Um, I, I think the episode does have a lot to say, and and it, obviously it's making a commentary about uh, modern day living as well with being stuck in traffic, and it's and something I wish I didn't, I couldn't relate to, but unfortunately I do. <laughs> so um, then it comes to the last third of the episode. And I think that's real, where it gets really interesting, you know, at least for me. And um, we get to see the face of Bo again. And um, we see, um, you know, we finally get to get that message, which we all kind of, I think, you know, any of us that have been active on the forums, kind of knew what was coming, so, um, but it was good to see it as well. It's, it's a shame that the face of Bo had to, you know, die, but it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's telling this whole story off, it's, um, and it, it's just um, wetting your appetite of what's to come. Yeah, after having heard, the, or rather read about the, the four words so often all over the forums, it was kind of anticlimactic actually seeing it on the screen. Yeah. You know, I don't know how I missed it, but for whatever reason, I didn't know what the four words were. I don't know how I missed that. I'm glad that I missed That's it. That's brilliant. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> because it totally blew me. The only thing I knew about this episode going in was that the macro were in it, and that's it. And I loved every second of this episode. Um, it, it was amazing to me to see the four words. I, I I didn't actually expect that that was what they were going to be. And I don't know how, in retrospect, I didn't know that. But I'm glad I didn't. It, it, it's funny because I've been trying, you know, to keep, uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, it's, it's as difficult as it is. I, I try to keep these uh, stories as fresh as possible and uh, try to resist learning as, as much as I can, you know, to, to and, and just knowing what I need to know, you know, to forward to do a podcast and to maintain the website, but I like to have some surprises. So uh, that's why I had certain expectations built in my mind just from the previews about this episode, but without actually knowing what the story was. And, and actually, I didn't know that the, um, the, the, the macro was actually going to be in it. So that was sort of a surprise for me. Yeah, I was expecting the face to go to say, there's another sky walker. As he was dying, <laughs> definitely had that vibe about it. Yes, I, I also tried really hard to avoid spoilers on this one, and I didn't know the macro in it were in it. Although I had had it spoiled for me that there would be a returning monster, uh, so I you knew all knew all along that, that something would be popping up at the bottom of the city, especially based on the trailer. You could see where it would come from, 
I'm, I'm, I'm a little annoyed that, that a friend of mine did ruin it for me that something would be happening. So I was sitting there waiting for it and, until that point in the episode, 25 minutes in. Uh, it would have been nice to have that come as a complete surprise, as I thought it was a great choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially since the the only thing we have left of the uh, the macro terror is a few clips that are around here and there, but all four episodes of the story are missing. Yeah, really that's true. A nod. Sorry, sorry, Lewis. No, really go ahead. Is a nod. It really is a nod to the fans. Because uh, it's not something that's going to confuse or get in the way of uh, way more than 99.9% of the people aren't going to know who the macro are. And just a few a few fans are going to go, yes. And it's, it's, it's fun when you can put something in that's going to appeal to the fans, but not get in the way of anybody else watching or enjoying or understanding the episode. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it's so obscure. And, and as Trav said, it's a missing, it's a lost episode. It's a lost story. So um, even fans that have been following the televised or, or, or what's been available out there so far, if they're not into the real minutiae of Doctor Who, uh, this would have gone by, you know, without, you know, even connecting that this is a returning, you know, um, returning aliens or returning creatures or monsters or, what, you know, what have you. As if they had managed to get the Dravins into the first season, uh, like somebody tried to. <laughs> and and but, it's also cool that they've kind of used logically, too. I mean, if you have heard the story of the Macroterra, and you know that they feed off of gas, and so while they are somewhat changed and, you know, they don't talk or anything, at least it makes sense that they're thriving <laughs> in this particular environment. Yeah, yeah. You know, Doctor Who does have such a rich, long history. So, um, you know, you don't have to have a returning villain, you know, from the classic series every week. But it's nice to have them, you know, just nods here and there. And it doesn't have to be a major part of the story where, you know, this was just another layer of the story. They weren't the the main threat or adversary or um, it was just an ingredient in the story and uh, a thread that was placed from that that ties it together with the established um, mythos, if you will. And on top of it all, we had a cute litter of kittens on screen. <laughs> yeah, Something that's for that, everybody. That said, Mommy, it reminded me of Planet of the Apes, what is it, Escape of the Planet of the Apes with the chimpanzee at the end. Mommy! Mama! Or whatever it said. <laughs> at least it didn't say, are you my mommy? But that's one of my very few problems with the episode, actually, is those stupid kittens. Because how exactly is it that the Doctor has gotten over his apparent fear of kittens that we saw in Fear Her? It, 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 it bugged me a little bit that David Tennant didn't at least give us some reading of that line that made mm-hmm. us think that he was slightly apprehensive of the kittens. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. But then again, I, I sort of erased Fear Her from my memory. So, there you um, go. But well, it was point. a cat and fear her, so a cat doesn't have the same effect as mm. a cute, cuddly kitten does. Fair enough. And they are half human. And uh, if you saw the confidential, David took a shine to one of the kittens on set. Yeah. Speaking of that confidential, what does it, um, if you've seen it, David says something really. Um, ambiguous at the very end where he says the, the doctor isn't wrong about not being 
about being the last of the Time Lords, but neither is the face of Bo. Yeah, I, I picked up on that too. That's kind of I think they're just know. trying to be mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Good on him for keeping the mystery going. Well, it it just makes you start thinking, you know, that that maybe there's, more, you know, they're going to develop more to this than we expect, you know, maybe um, I don't know, it's, I we can speculate, but maybe it's um sort of like the value type of thing where it's it's he's he's the last one, but maybe he's not the last one. I don't know. What do we think about the development of uh, Hane in this in this story versus her first parents in New York? I didn't sorry, quite get that. Yeah, I was just going to oh, ask if you did. Yeah, sorry. Uh, what do we think about the development of Hain in this episode versus her first appearance in New York? So I think uh, we had a bit of redemption of her character here. Though It wasn't her that was in charge, though she was a party to what happened in uh, New Earth. It seems that uh, her character has undergone redemption under the face of Bo by keeping the city survivors alive for as long as they did. Well, I was a little perplexed as to why she uh, couldn't have cleaned up a few of the bodies uh, in the face of Bo's room over those 24 years that uh, she was hanging around with him. Well, one thing that they, they didn't do, which I thought they might go in that direction, which I'm kind of glad they didn't, was that, um, that to, to blame this on the doctor. In other words, after um, doing what he did in New Earth, and you know, with where the where he freed all those um, um, experimental humans, and where they were able to cure everything. That that maybe there was a disease now that that wiped them all out because of his actions or something like that. So I was kind of glad that it wasn't anything. You know, it wasn't like something that he did to cause this all. That it was just another incident that that caused everything to die. They needed to blame it on the drugs. Yeah. So, um, does anyone else have any, anything, else, anything else to say, or shall we go around and give our TARDIS groans, and then we'll open it up to um, our listeners? I will give Sounds my good. I do have one little pet peeve about the episode, and it's such a minor complaint, but it bugged me right from the start, and that was the American Gothic, uh, quote, couple at yeah. the start. So, <laughs> and it, it was kind of cute to put them in there, uh, although... There seem to be some ignorance of the fact that American Gothic is a father and daughter and not a husband and wife. It's, it's not something that has any, any importance, but but it did. Uh, you're going to take you're going to take the time to put in these neat little uh, uh, touches to an episode. Uh, you know, a little bit of research. It's such a minor complaint. I feel guilty almost for making it. It seems like it was just thrown in there as a sight gag and didn't really have anything more other than that. You know where I you know from when we first saw our photos of that. I guess. Um, you know, we were expecting a bit more, but it, I, I don't know. It's, it's sort of like it's just thrown in there. It doesn't really make much sense. There, there's, I think, a few stuff like that in this episode, but you, I don't, you, know, you just have to um, bring and bear it. You could almost draw the conclusion that Lucy Davenport, uh, when she, a uh, character, when she goes to buy the uh, forget uh, from the, the pharmaceutical alley, uh, is, the daughter, is their daughter. It's, it's almost suggested, it's not, or at least it's implied. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a little rough, a little rough with that, that inside joke. Um, I did, however, like the, uh, the description of the doctor's home world that came right out of the censor apes. I thought that was another, 
little nod to the fans, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. A lot of inside jokes in this story. The civil leaves uh, on trees, does that come from there? I know it was in the movie as well. That's from the censorites. Okay. It's uh, how Susan describes their whole world. Well, I'm going to give this episode... um, I, as I said, I, I for me, it, it sort of turned around at the end and um, while I was watching it. So I'm going to give it three and a half TARDIS groans. I found it enjoyable, though. Initially, I was a little bit skeptical of it. And it, it wasn't towards, it was like probably like three quarters of the way or halfway in it that I kind of, um, my feelings were on it were changing. So um, I don't know. It's, it's almost hedging on four, but I, I think three and a half. I thought this was a solid episode. Uh, we had a good guest cast. I really liked the character of Brannigan. It wasn't a great episode, but it also wasn't a bad episode either. I think it was a very good, solid Doctor Who episode. I'll refrain from giving it numbers, but uh, I really enjoyed watching it. Okay, good enough. Darth? Um, i got to tell you, I was sucked in from the very beginning. Uh, I thought it was a a very good mystery that was uh, parsed out little by little until you finally got to the, the end of it. I love the theme of it. I love the fact that, that there's this idea of religion moving around throughout the, the episode and you find varying aspects on uh, what different characters in the episode think uh, of as religious ideas. Uh, and I, I love David Tennant in this episode. And Martha, oh my God, she was so much better than she was last week, and I loved her last week. This mm. is, I think, her strongest performance today. She's given a lot more to work with here, but uh, she did a lot more subtle uh, contextual reading here than I think she did last week. Um, and certainly the very end of the episode, totally awesome. Uh, maybe it's because I didn't know that much about the episode going in, but i got to say... I'm giving this one a five. Right. Very good. Mike. Well, uh, I've, I've been struggling thinking about this one, uh, trying to contrast it against the last two weeks so that uh, my numbers all fall into order. Uh, and, and it's tough to do. The, uh, whereas uh, with, with Smith and Jones, everything for me was a solid seven out of 10. This episode sort of bounces between stuff that's five out of 10 and 10 out of 10. Uh, I thought, uh, I thought the Tenth Doctor was great. It was the Tenth Doctor that I like, uh, as opposed to the little more jokey Tenth Doctor. And uh, and there's there's so many memorable little bits of the production, even though the overall premise is is actually quite weak. Uh, I'm in a good mood. I just watched it last night, so I'm I'm going to give it a three and a half uh, out of five. Um, Edging down maybe towards a three, I, I suspect it, it may drop a bit for me in the future. But yes, yeah, I think three and a half out of five is a, is a good solid rating for this one. Mm-hmm. And going back to Doc's comments, I have to say that so far, my, I, I, I really haven't found any fault in Martha you know, as a character. She just seems to, uh, each week, to be developing better and better. And um, you know, I'm really pleased with how she's turning out. I think she's a good character. We're going to open this up to our listeners. So we're going to go next in the queue. And let's see, um, this is the first time we're using the queue uh, functionality in, in the TalkShoe software. So next in queue is uh, Hello? Travis. Hello, Travis. Hello. Hello. Good to hear you. You hear me, right? Yes. So 
let us know what you thought about Gridlock. Oh, I, I actually love this episode. It's just, I, I mean, the the interaction with the Martha at towards the end when she, like, the doctor was, like, trying to blow her off and she just, like, pulled that chair up and, and it's like, no, you tell me what happened to your people and, you know, it's like, you know, th- th- that she wants to know what's going on and he, she's, you know, he's, like, hurt over Rose and all that. That that he seems like he needs to, uh, you know, don't want to get close to anyone again or something. You know, become attached to him. Mm-hmm. And and it just like that that was you know that whole little aspect of it. Because I mean I I agree with a lot of you guys that have said that I, you don't want another rose thing going. That whole thing kind of bothered me to some extent anyway, but. This seems like it's like a little where he's gonna push her, kind of push her away, and then she's gonna end up slapping him in the face. Hey, hey, you know, stop this. You know, get over whatever is you know wrong. You know, she's gone, and mm-hmm. you know, you need to get on your life, whatnot. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. Sometimes I feel that you know he, they're making too much of his history with Rose, and um, I mean, not that I mean I, I understand what they're trying to do there. You know that that companions aren't just disposable people, and 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 they they do have an impact on the doctor. Um, so I I guess we'll see how how it plays out. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean I I, I honestly like the old school stuff where it was you know the companion they didn't actually need to tell where the family came. They just picked them up. You didn't need the background stories with them. But I mean I I think I like this like the chemistry between these two better than Rose because I mean Rose it was just. Oh, like she was like clinging to his arm all the time, and like let go, let go. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, and I also I like jumped out of my chair because I I only watched it like about an hour and a half ago or whatever, and that the whole scene when the macro popped up, I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my god, that's because I've only seen that episode like once, and it was like the telesnips or whatever. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh. Oh my God, that's you know. I heard so you recognize the, them, yeah. Yeah, I recognize them. I I know who what they were. I mean, I heard they were in the series somewhere. I didn't know where, and I'm kind of glad they just kind of threw them in as like the creatures at the bottom of that thing. They weren't like major hyped up or you yeah. know they were. It mm-hmm. was just it was, you if you hadn't watched the show. I think one of you guys in there said something about if you hadn't seen the show, the classic series, you wouldn't even know no reference to them anyway, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not. even if you ha- even if you have, it's a missing story, so it may not be one that's fresh in your mind. It may not be a uh, you know a creature or an alien or monster, whatever you will, uh, that that's that you're aware of. Because unless you listen to the audio um, of it, or or you you knew the telesnaps, or you you know you you went into like I said, the minutiae of Doctor Who, you know all the missing stuff, you know, then you would be aware of it. Yeah, I'd only seen it, like, about a year ago anyway, because I, like, downloaded all, and I found, like, all the missing telesnaps, and I didn't even know they were there, honestly. I, I just, like, found it to some listener or somebody a while back said, oh, they found them online or something. I was like, ooh, I'm going to go find them. <laughs> so I went and, like, snatched them all up. But mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, th- this um, episode was, it's interesting in the respect that it's it's so CG- um, heavy, you know, CGI heavy, and I think this oh, is yeah. the first time that that it's really um, that the new show is really 
delved so much into telling the story via CG. But I think it worked out well. Yeah, yeah it did. And the face of Bo, I mean, I, I heard rumors that that's pretty much what he was going to say, but that could mean anything. That, that you know, he's alone, maybe there you know, are, are other the, the people and, you know, but, you know, he did say he was going to meet him one last time, so that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting. All right, well, then thanks. I guess, oh, yeah, thank you. What, what, um, Travis, what would you give it yeah. as your three oh, out of five points? Uh, off the top of my head right now, I would probably give it four because I actually did I mean, I like the first one. I'd probably give like like a two, a three and a half, and then the the second one was probably like a three and a half or close to four. But I, I like the the kind of I don't know. I just the first half was a little slow, and then uh, let's say it's a four and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, we're gonna go next in the queue. And all right. Oops. Oh, sorry. I didn't need to cut you off there. That's um, that's, that's the talk show software there. So I think we have Dave. I'm so glad you got got your connections all sorted out. Thanks, thanks, Bruce. Uh, I'm on now. Hello. Hey, Dave. Dave. Dave, where where are you calling from? I forgot. I should have I should have asked um, Travis as well. Manchester, England. Very good. Right. Uh, do I take it now? I can't hear everybody else while I do this, so I don't get echo. Hello? Is that better? Uh, run that I'm band again, sorry. I'm sorry. Gonna... I say, stop the echo, do I not? Do I turn my headphones down or something? You getting your headphones on? Yeah. Okay, let me start. Um, thanks to join you guys. Um, thanks for all the help at the beginning. Uh, it turned out that after finding out it was the hash key, not the pound key, um, my uh, PIN number was one number too long. It didn't take in my whole number. So anyway, I'm here now. Um, I really enjoyed the episode. Not quite as good as one and two. Uh, I thought the first part was a little bit slow. Um, But I thought Mm -hmm. it was a very important uh, story in terms of, uh, obviously, Bo's message, which I think a lot of us were waiting for. And many had already guessed the content of that. But mm-hmm. the point was that uh, we can't move on to a story that might involve one of his old enemies until um, that message had been passed to him. So uh, the importance of the st- story, I think, is going to be quite critical as we move on through the series. I love the descriptions of Gallifrey. Uh, I don't know what the obsession with grass is, without apple grass. And now we've got red grass. But um, the little chat with the doctor at the end, I, I thought that made this episode. Uh, I think without it, it was maybe so-so. The nil did fantastic work. Um, the, the, uh, the feeling of claustrophobia and the feeling of um, uh, the shitty above them, I thought it was all done extremely well. But for me, the whole story, and I think for a few of the people who have spoken before me, hinged on the fact that um, he had to open up for Martha at the end. And uh, those last 10 minutes brought the episode up from perhaps a two and a half to three, Travis Bowles, mm-hmm. up to three, three and a half. Um, so 
So um, yeah, I had one question that I'd like to raise, and that was um, the, the the car that got uh, captured by the the badger at the beginning. Uh, the driver looked like a, a, a wolf to me rather than another cat. I don't know what the others thought, whether it was just another species of cat, the black driver of the car. Uh, but with the young kids, it was almost as though it was uh, Red Riding Hood and the wolf or something. Uh, I don't yeah. know anything else picked them on that. Yeah, I, I just um, thought it was just a different colored, you know, cat. Just like cats come in different uh, colors, I just figured it was a, a black cat. Well, yeah, well, probably just a different breed. Right. Uh, uh, my first thought was that it was a pamper or something, but um, then when mm-hmm. I saw it start slightly side on, I thought it actually might be a wolf. But um, there was some. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was it. Yes, that, uh, they like to get these little things in. Uh, and one of the connections, very off slightly, it reminded me of a Star Trek Voyager story where there were these people that were polluting part of space, and it turned out that there were creatures living in in the small or whatever. No one actually knew which episode. I'm sure one of these Star Trek guys will know, but. It was one where these creatures were they were getting rid of all the uh, the pollution off their home planet and going to this area of space which they thought was uninhabited and dumping it all, this radioactive waste, and there were these creatures living on that. Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm going to pass over and let somebody else have a chat, but um, now this goes, uh, yes, three, three, three so, and a half. Three, okay, cool. very good. Thank you so much, Dave. I'm I'm so glad you were able to, you know, get that whole connection oh, sorted out. And I feel like a new companion that's just made it to the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and get back again, boys. Okay, thanks, Lewis. You can Thank you. Uh, again, if um, if you want to chime in again, just with, uh, with Travis as well, just put yourself back in the queue. Okay, right, thank gonna, you. Thank you. All right. We're going to go next in the queue, which I believe is Merlin or Mike. And here we go. Greeting lords and Merlin. ladies of Podshock. Oh, you're sounding very good. Good. So what do you think of Gridlock? I thought as an RTD script, it was the strongest I've seen. So the Russell T. Davies um, script? I, I, I didn't yeah. take note of that, actually. Okay. Insane so, uh, how- and a bit magnificent, perhaps. <laughs> So, uh, what, what, how would you rate it? Uh, give it about a 4.2, I guess. Okay. Fair That's enough. Where it kind of pulls for me. Any um, highlights, anything you want to make a point of that we haven't um, brushed upon? No, you guys have covered a lot of it. Um, there's some other thoughts, but I, I, I'll type them out in the forum for right now. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much. Uh, as always, we enjoy your participation. That's good to be on. Okay. Well, next in the queue is um, Raul, and here we go. Hey, Are you guys. there? I'm here. Hey. Good nice to, to hear talk you. to everybody live. Same here. Great to have you on live. Thanks. Um, did you guys notice that the most of the episode had kind of like a Doctor Who 80s music going on. Sort of like electronic music? It has. Yeah, like very whimsical. Mm-hmm. 
I, I did notice that the music was um, a little different. You know, Marigold's um, music seemed a little bit different than his other stuff. And um, but I, I didn't really associate it to the eighties uh, Doctor Who. It was just. Um, but, but I have to watch it again. Yeah, because that's the first thing I thought of when I, I I heard the music. It's it was a total departure from Murray Gold's other stuff. He's in like his other stuff was like way more grand and like a lot of chorus and everything. And this was like way more whimsical. I thought. Yeah, I think it was, and I, I probably had to do with um, you know the, the storytelling of this episode and um, jumping from car to car, and it, it it's. That's another point. I, they really did a good job as far as um, redecorating all the cars because they used one car and they just, you know, uh, redecorated it, you know, for each uh, individuals that are in there. And um, and I, I, while I was watching it, I did predict that, you know, they, they, he's going to jump into like someone and that they're not going to be dressed. And then lo and behold, there was a couple there that were um, in the bus. Yeah, which I thought was funny because that. The car he dropped in on with the new the nudist. Mm-hmm. My nephew six was watching and he covered his eyes right away. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any high highlights, uh, high points, low points, anything that you wanted to um talk about? Um well, you know, the whole discussion that Martha had with the doctor I thought was I, I knew sooner or later she she was gonna have to at, you know, get some more information out of him because he was being so uh like Elusive, yeah. about what he who he was and what he what he was about, and I think that whole separation he had in this episode really like made her think about maybe she should start asking questions about who this guy is. Because she did mention that she he was a totally total stranger to her when she was talking to the couple that she was hanging out with. Mm-hmm. So I think I think now we're starting to get the the foundation of how this relationship is going to be between Martha and the doctor. Um, Now that we're three episodes into the series, I think it's going to be a a great departure from Rose, as in what's going to go on between them two. Yeah. She's definitely taking a different stance. I, I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, she just at the end of the episode pulled a chair over and sat herself down and, you know, she's just going to get to the bottom of it and, cut through all the BS and, 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 you know, have a decent conversation with him and, and get to the bottom of everything. Well, not everything. Cut through the, the, um, the frosting to get to the, to the pudding in the cake. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I think, uh, I think this new series is such a great departure from the classic series in that there's so much, you know, character development between the Doctor and the Companions. And I think this is why we have so many new fans now to the show. I mean, I've converted so many people in the past two years to watch this show. And, you know, because right away they think of the old show and they think of, like, you know, straight-up science fiction and monsters. And when they watch the new show, it's it just captures more of their imagination because of the characterization of the, of the, of the actors. And and uh, the expanding of their characters. Yeah, it's definitely more character-oriented in, um, you know, the series today. And um, to capture a wider audience and make it more mainstream, I I guess, you know, you're going to have to do that. And, um, you know, as as long as it doesn't come in the way of storytelling, 
um, you know, it's a good thing. And I, I think so far they had good success, you know, doing that. And um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, 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 it's good, you know, it, um, and we still have the classic series for those that, that maybe still, you know, that's not going anywhere. You know, as long as the BBC doesn't start erasing episodes again, you still can enjoy that. Right. And, uh, you know, it's one, one thing that I love about list what going on to the outpost gallery forums is, Listening to all the rants of the of the wingers, as I call them, you know, from the classic series, how they hate the characterization and hate the new series, but they're always watching it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's one thing that Doctor Who's always done is reinvent itself. You know, you have a new Doctor every so forth, every so many years. You have a new producer, and I think that's what keeps the show interesting and alive and going. Uh, the John Pertry era is very different than the two eras that preceded it, and uh, and then Tom Baker's era is very different than John Pertry's, and uh, you know, so I, I think it needs to kind of um, regenerate with with whatever year it's in. And sometimes I wonder if the series was never put on hiatus, and if it just continued so forth, if we would be at the same point where we are today or not, you know, and it's. Um, you know, we can only speculate, of course. So, right. Um, yeah. All right. Well, All right then. Um, um, out of, I'll give what's my rating. Your rating? Yeah. Um, I think it's uh, three and a half out of four out of five. I mean. Okay. I think we're gonna we're in That's... store for way more better episodes coming up. Mm-hmm. So I want to give it an okay rating, but yeah, still a very good episode. I definitely kept me interested the whole time. Yeah, that's um same here, you know. Uh, that's what I gave it and I was definitely, you know, it kept my attention for the whole episode. Okay, um anyone else wants to go in the queue, just enter into the queue. We have I believe Tom here. Hello, Hello Tom. So, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm in the Chicagoland area and uh I want to say I absolutely love this episode. Uh I try and go into almost all the episodes with no expectations, because mm-hmm. with Doctor Who, you sort of have to. You never know what you're going to get. And just from the start, you just it does grab you. I have to say, it grabbed me. You wonder, why is the Doctor lying to, his compa- to this person he doesn't even know, who he doesn't believe he's going to take on as a companion? You know, he's just lying mm-hmm. to him. And you're sitting there wondering, what's he, why is he doing this? I know it hurts, but at the same time, you don't expect this from him. And you knew that that was going to lead up to the end. So the whole time you're waiting for Martha to actually figure out what's, what's, what's ripping him. Um, mm-hmm. I absolutely loved how they brought back the face of Bo. We all knew he was going to say something. And to say that he's not alone, well, that's what I think you guys have been saying for the past uh, year that we've doing the hot shock. You know, yeah. there's going to be another time where he's going to be out there. So, you know, I hope that's what it is. Just because, you know, that's my own wishful thinking. That'll give you the option to bring back the master or to bring back someone else. Yeah. We, we have always been speculating that the face of Bo was going to, the message was in extent that, that he was not alone, that there was going to be either that Gallifrey still exists or that there, there are more of his people or, or, or somehow that relates to other Time Lords still being around. So um, it, it I was expecting the face of Bo to appear maybe later, not not so early in the series, but it's, I mean, I don't object to it either. 
No, exactly. But um, it does. It brings us a little bit more hope as Doctor Who fans, I think, to expand that horizon. Exactly. Yeah. Well, one of the things I always love about Doctor Who is it gives you the ability to kind of speculate on where it's going, and you know. Um, not only does it have such a rich history, in a sense, it has a rich future too, because of the format of the series. It can go anywhere, any, you know, at any time, and um, so it kind of leaves. Oh, what if the doctor did this, or, or goes there, or meets up with this, or this person or that person? And and it really um, it, it it feeds your imagination. Exactly, and that's what keeps us coming back. Exactly. So, um, how would you rate this episode? Oh, I have to rate this uh, at least a four because, as I said, I, I go into it with no expectation as best I can. And mm-hmm. as I said, I didn't want to leave the screen the whole time I was there. It was just one of those that I'm like, oh, I didn't yawn. Oh, I'm just waiting for it. And uh, I, I really like this episode. So I got to give it a four. Great. Very good. Thank you so much. Thanks for having okay, me. Gonna... Thank you. We're gonna... The next in the queue is um, BM Walling. Hello. 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 Can anyone hear me? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where, I where, wanted... where are you Pardon? calling from? I'm sorry. Where, uh, where are you from? I'm calling from Sarasota, Florida. Okay. Um, and I just want to say that I'm enjoying this season so far a lot more than last season because it seems to be a lot more consistent in quality. Uh, there was just too many... You know, you had a good episode, a really good episode, a not-so-good episode, a better episode, mm. you know. And it seems like all three of these so far have been pretty much steady, and they've all been really high quality. I've, I've really liked um, the new companion, Martha. Uh, mm-hmm. I like her a lot better than Rose, and I like how they're setting her up to be more as an equal with the Doctor, more as a, a, a team. They're a team yeah. and working together rather than he's got to keep an eye on her. You know, he'll tell her to do something and she'll just wander off like Rose hap- tried to do. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just, she's a, I'm, I'm thinking she's a better, well, more well-formed character than, than Rose was. And uh, I hope they continue on with their quality. Yeah, she's uh, slightly older. She's more mature. She's lived life a little bit more. She, she's a medical student, so she has some science and, and, and um, smarts with her, you know, and I, I, I really enjoy her so far as a companion. I, um, so far, I have nothing negative to say about her. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't wait to see, you know, how her character develops and, and where the series goes. And, and I agree with you, it's three episodes in. And so far, I think the quality is very consistent. And, um, you know, of course, we don't know what the rest of the series is going to, um, you know, what's going to unfold and what other episodes, but, you know, so far I think it's off to a strong start. Yeah. And I, the favorite, my favorite part of this episode was at the end where, you know, she sat down and said, no, you're going to tell me what's going on. Um, yes. Cause it's, she's not afraid to, to rein him in. And, and sometimes he needs that. Uh, mm-hmm. so he just goes off and, and gets into trouble on his own. And uh, he's uh, like that. He sat down and, and and sat to her. So now he's starting to think of her as an equal, and and they're in it together, and to work together, they can be stronger together. And yeah, she's not afraid. Get... Go ahead. I was just gonna say she's not afraid to challenge the doctor. You know. And, yeah. Um, so that's that's good to see. Uh, you know, we've had companions in the past like that, and it's, it's always good um, to have a whole person as a companion. 
Yeah, she's not just following him blindly and accepting whatever he says because he does make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's so, all I wanted to say. <laughs> so, well, what rating would you give this episode? Uh, I'd probably give it a four. Okay. I guess it's all, very good. all three of them have been very high quality. Uh, and, and three in a row hit it out of the park. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really glad to see that. They've, they've, well, they've hit on a good formula. Yeah, yeah. And yet still the episodes are, are different enough in tone. They all have their own tone, but they're still consistent within that tone. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. I um, Once again, if you have anything else to add, just put yourself back in the queue. We're okay. going to go. Thanks. And <laughs> we're going to go to Dave. Hey, Dave. Hi, hi Alicia. I'm back on. Just something quickly I wanted to say. Uh, I might have missed it with all my troubles at the beginning. Um, I didn't spot this myself, but uh, on the digital spy forums, someone mentioned that right at the start, as they come out of the TARDIS, when they land in the alley, that the, uh, the Doctor sees the arrow that was fired at the TARDIS in Episode 2 and yanks it out. Um, I just wonder if things like that are going to make it harder for uh, the writers if they're doing missing episodes, because uh, it, it quite clearly ties in this episode as following uh, literally straight on from uh, the Shakespeare Code. So it's not going to leave any gap there if uh, any writers want to try and slip in a new Martha adventure. Just a point, I don't know if anybody else spotted it right at the beginning. I certainly didn't and had to go back and have a look. That's all, Luce. Back to you. Well, I, well I, I, believe- I didn't spot that, but that, I think, is harking back to the cliffhanger era when uh, even the ends of stories had a cliffhanger to start the next story in the uh, mm-hmm. Hartnell and Troughton eras. When uh, we got to the Pertwee era, we didn't really have a cliffhanger at the end of a story anymore. I didn't spot it myself until uh, and, uh, and I uh, had a quick look. But it, it's just one of those things where um, I know that um, when when they were reviewing, um, when Rose left and they were reviewing and she's telling the places I've been in certain, you know, stories, there was one uh, landscape that showed where there was like flying reptiles. We never went there on the series, but obviously it, it was giving a little um, chink, uh, a little gap in which the writers could uh, set uh, a missing adventure story. I was thinking that if they have things like this arrow or what have you, it very quickly ties down one episode as following not just, um, I mean, in the actual Doctor's timeline. So there isn't a gap in his timeline to fit in another story. I believe being that this is a new companion, I believe they want to just uh, have like the first, at least the first few episodes kind of fall into place one after the other so that, um, so that you can see the new companion's relationship with the doctor develop before your eyes. And, um, and then after that, after that's sort of established, I think they'll have episodes where there'll be gaps between time gaps between them, where other um, stories could fill in. And we already have, if um, the animated series, um, the Infinite Quest, is a story with Martha, which you know, oh, at sure. this point, yeah, where, where we don't know where that fits into the timeline. We can only assume that that's falling out after the events that we're seeing televised right now in the live action series. So uh, I think there will be 
opportunities where uh, other writers and other, um, if you if you will, expanded universe stories can um, fall into. You know, just like we, just like we've seen in the um, with Rose and the Doctor, there were some stories that had gaps between them that um, you know that, that can be fleshed out. Plus, the dialogue of this story makes it very obvious that this story follows directly on after the Shakespeare Code, where he says, it was only going to be one trip, but I'm giving you mm-hmm. a second one. Yeah, you're right. I missed out that as well. He was trying to, he's obviously trying to keep her within his knees, more lonely than he lets on. But um, as I say, I think this particular episode, although it stands on its own, uh, it was really setting the scene for um, threats to come. And I'll stop there, guys, let somebody else have a go. But uh, I really enjoyed it today. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Dave. The one thing that we really didn't discuss that much is the development of uh, Martha's unrequited love for the Doctor, and we see that being uh, accented again in this episode. Yeah, I, I just hope, you know, that, that I mean, it's interesting. I, I'd rather, I mean, I'm glad they're keeping it as an unrequited, you know, um, interest, you know, and um, let's see where that develops. Um, I, I Sometimes I I cringe when I hear that Rose was the love of his life and all that, because I really didn't see that. That To me, that, I mean, he, yes, he cared very deeply for Rose, but I think he cares very deeply for many of his companions going back to the history. I, I, I didn't see Rose being... Um, elevated to the point where you know that's the love of his life, and I, I think that I, like I said, I cringe when I hear that relationship spoken in that way. Well, I'm obviously on the other side of that. I'm completely happy to have uh, a lot of romantic tension going around, and I, I actually did see that with Rose because the, the implication, at least for me, at the outset of Rose is that it's been a long time since there's been anybody else in the TARDIS. And in fact, there probably wasn't a companion during the time war. And I think why Rose is so special is that she is the first in a long time. So I think it made sense to me all along that if she was able to penetrate the doctor's defenses, uh, well, I don't know how to finish that sentence without it being kind of dirty. But I won't. Anyway. I'm happy to see something different than what we saw with Rose, not because I have any problems uh, with, with how Rose was handled, quite the contrary. Uh, I really enjoyed that, that whole character arc storyline. Uh, it's just, uh, now that we've done that, it's nice to see, some, see them do something different, and uh, hopefully down the road we'll see something different and something different and, and keep changing it up. Uh, so far, Martha's been very refreshing, very interesting. It's... Uh, I think the, the characterization is, is being laid on a little thick at times about the unrequited love, but it's not something that in any way damages my enjoyment of the show. I mean, I think, I think everyone's getting the point, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think uh, Dean Wally might have... I, I think that I was just going to go back. going to do that. Okay, we're on the same... I'm the, the same plane here. Here we go. Hi. Um, Welcome Dean. back. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to make a comment since I once was a 20-something girl. Um, I haven't really seen Martha's behavior as being an unrequited love so much. 
um, I think she's maybe attracted to the doctor, but I think it's more of, I'm sorry to release girl secrets here, but I think it's more that she just wants him to want her. And uh, it wasn't evident so much in this episode, but in the last episode when they were in bed together, and he's just like totally oblivious to it. And I think she really just wanted a reaction than actually wanted to act on that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just my perspective as, as a girl. <laughs> yeah, they were talking a lot more about the, uh, the way the relationship is developing in the confidentials. So that's probably where I'm also picking up more of that than may have been visible on screen. Yeah, well, it's, you know, she still is a young girl. The reactions probably would have been a lot better if it had been, you know, a 30-something woman than than a young girl. It's uh, there, there is a lot of attraction there, but again, I don't think it's so much that she's falling in love as she really just wants a reaction from him. I mean, it may develop into that, but mm-hmm. it's really, she's a little bit more mature than Rose was, so I can't see her just, like, instantly falling in love with somebody. Yeah. Well, but we're going to we're going to see how it pans out, you know, and yeah. um it, it's it's still very early on, we're only three episodes in, so it's uh I, but I do enjoy that the fact that it is different than the whole Rose relationship and uh, um we're going to see where it goes. Yeah, well, that's the thing, even with the Rose thing, there wasn't so much of this attraction that was really overt until the end of the first season and then it went slam bang in the second season mainly because he was he regenerated something that was to someone who was appeared to be closer to her own age because um, i think the age difference between the ninth doctor and rose was kind of a uh, inhibiting that a bit yeah no i no. I, I i agree i um i, I think it was a uh, a changeover. Though I, I have to say, I like the chemistry better in with Rose and the Ninth Doctor. I, I to me personally, that worked better for me than um, Rose and, and the Tenth Doctor. I just enjoyed the chemistry better with the Ninth, and um, because Rose was um, a tool in in the Ninth Doctor's um, um, coming out of his shell and angst and. Well, yeah, learning to trust again. Yeah. And getting involved with people, but the only thing I found irritating in that um, that season was the way people kept commenting on it and commenting on the the age difference and sort of insinuating that there might have been something going on, and that got a little irritating after a while. <laughs> well, Jackie herself slapped the doctor about the, you know what are you forty 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 two. Yeah, just off by 900 years. All right, well, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Unless anyone else has any um, other closing comments, we'll bring this um, live podcast to a, to a close. I just have one quick, one more quick sure. comment about the episode, and that was uh, how impressed I am. We have another great director on the show, Richard Clark, who did a fantastic job meshing together all the different elements with the story with so much CGI and so much action. And I think he's a welcome addition to the team. I'm looking forward to seeing his next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's as I said, uh, 
this is uh, the first time we had such a, a story that relied so much on CGI, and um, I, I think it worked very well. And um, I, no complaints, really. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone, um, Taras, uh, Darth, thought skeptical that is, um, Mike, and uh, um, all I was all the listeners that have chimed in today: Travis, Dave, uh, DM Walling. Tom, Raul, thank you all for being part of the show and everyone else that's listening. Uh, once again, if you're listening to this um, in the podcast feed, you can join us live uh, via TalkShoe, TalkShoe.com. Uh, we're reviewing each episode that the BBC uh, transmits the, the night before, so we're, doing, uh, we're recording this on Sundays. So you're welcome to join us live as we record and uh, just listen or participate. I'm wishing everyone well, and um, come back next week for another exciting episode of Doctor Who Podshock Live. Goodbye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run GallifreyanEmbassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Meow! 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 Meow!